thing. Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Back this weekend after a very successful NFL London game. However, I'm not in the brightest of moods because my fantasy team sucks. The Steelers suck. I mean, I had the London games and then me and Byron, George, and Johnny after the game, we walked to go get the bus home. After going, you know, what a great ending to a game. We put the game on my phone and literally within seconds of being at the bus stop, it was a, a huge play to Gabe Davis, touchdown straight away. And, and I knew that was just going to be the rest of my day. My fantasy football team is bad. My, my NFL team is bad. I'm not feeling very bright about the NFL at the minute, okay? I'm not feeling that motivated about it all. But the promise of the next London game coming up very soon is, is cheering me up. I had a fantastic time at the London game just gone. Me and myself, me, my, me and myself, myself and Byron went to uh, went to the game as well as George. We actually had bumped into George. Fortunately, I haven't bumped into Johnny just yet because he hasn't been down for the game just yet, but I'm sure that'll happen very soon. Very, very soon. Um, so lots to talk about today. We'll talk about the NFL London games to begin with. Um, Byron, me and you went together. Mm. Not necessarily the most interesting game. Um, but not the Aaron Rodgers debut in London that everybody wanted. No, he was he was very very much sort of average. He didn't move the ball well at all. I thought um, neither did Aaron Jones. You know, I think they got under under twenty first downs in the entire game. It was it, it was sort of a it was sort of a three and out three and out game really. Well, <laughs> especially. For- Especially for the Packers in the second half, not scoring a point. Um, yeah, not the most exciting, no. And George, obviously you're in the stadium as well. And as I said Aaron Rodgers weren't the game to be, but I think he's maybe one of the only players I've ever seen live. Other than, I, I mean, I know I've been going on about Josh Allen seeing him, him in Miami, but it was in the away, away game. This very much felt like a Green Bay home game. It was so packed out with Packers fans. There was more Giants fans, I have to admit, towards the start of the game, but I noticed more. But I don't think I've ever experienced a player coming to London and the roof nearly blowing off like it did for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. um, I mean, pre-game, when I was sort of making my way to the stadium, the trains were packed with Packers. It it basically was a Packers Mm -hmm. home game. Um, I went to the uh, Giants press conference, uh, post-game press conference afterwards and heard from Brian Dable. And he basically was like, well... It felt like a Packers, a Packers home game because they had so much support. Only for them to get the win, and I don't know if you saw how we celebrated as he left the field. You would have seen that um, yeah. he was pumped, man. <laughs> I don't blame him because really, it, it, pre- it pretty much was a Packers home game. Giant fans were there. Um, I think it was about seventy to thirty, maybe sixty, forty in terms of ratio of, of, of fans Packers to Giants. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the way the fans were, I thought it was going to be an easy dare I say, easy game for the Packers. Um, but the Giants, have, they're kind of underrated, man. And that's even without guys like Sterling Shepard, um, Kadarius Tony, who seems to just be injured all the time and, and you know, the ghost of Kenny Golladay. But it's strange because that they've got a good, young kind of defense who can, not amazing, but they can get the job done. Um, even up when you're up against the one-two punch in AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, um, Romeo Dove's wide receiver, Tonya and, and Aaron Rodgers himself. So, um, like you say, it wasn't it wasn't as good as the Vikings Saints game. It was great to see Aaron Rodgers in the flesh. I mean, he's been waiting. he's he's wanted to come here for a while. I'm sure a lot of UK fans have wanted to see him. And obviously, you heard the roar when he did come out of that tunnel, and it was it was something to behold. So I'm actually glad I've actually I have seen him play live in the flesh. 
trying to feel bad because you said you were trying to get a ticket. Did you end up getting a ticket in the end? You never said anything to us. Like, did you just mysteriously go? Yeah, boys. I, yeah, I had a bit of a stink. I couldn't um, couldn't come on on Sunday. Just uh, other other sort of circumstances. But I managed to catch the last uh, the last couple of quarters of the uh, of the game. And for my it's the only quarter, it's the only quarters you needed to see. Exactly. Mate, don't worry. Mate, it, was, it was a great day out. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant um, second half response from uh, the Giants. They look a really, really solid outfit. I think. Do you, do you think we're? Do you think we're not giving them enough credit? Because we have really got packs heavy talking to begin with. Do you think the Giants aren't getting enough credit, maybe, for in winning this game? Absolutely. I think you know, looking at the the Giants, it's it's not overwhelmed with um, you know talent. I, I, I think there's plenty of holes in in this team that. You know the next couple of years, um, yeah, the you know that they need to address. They've had you know a little bit of a, a turnover, obviously in, in coaching um, and, and personnel. So you know it was coming into the season, I was very unsure on what the Giants would look like. Certainly didn't think they were going to be four and one. Um, you know whether this can continue. Uh, you know I'm, I'm all for it. I think they it seems to be a really good sort of atmosphere. Um, that that Brian Dable um, and his coaching staff are sort of instilling in um, in New York. Um, yeah, I think from from his reaction when when walking off at the Spurs Stadium on Saturday, so summed it all up. There's you know a lot of energy about this team. Um, Saquon's just on fire, and um, even Daniel Jones, I think, is stepping up like he did um, on Sunday. You know, he I, I'm not sure he is the long term. Uh, solution in in New York. I don't think he's gonna, you know, gonna be there in in, in twelve months time. Um, but yeah, he's still playing with his heart out, and yeah, it's just great to see a team, you know, that has suffered for so long uh, performing really well uh, to start the season. It's it's a shame now that we're that, that that is the end of the Tottenham games this year. That is Tottenham done for NFL for the rest of the season. I mean, a fantastic job again done by them. We move on to Wembley in a couple of weeks' time, which. Again, yeah, me and George were just saying beforehand, I couldn't remember the date. We said, oh, it's not next week, the week after, but it is Sunday two weeks time. So it's the 30th, yeah, Sunday 30th, where it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, it will obviously be the home team, but the Denver Broncos coming over as well. That might be a good transition in a minute to talk about a little bit of Russell Wilson out the Broncos. But um, again, another year, George, done at Tottenham. What a fantastic stadium. Do you think, I, I said it to Byron at the game, I would rather now they do all three games at Tottenham. I just, I, I think it's just it, the stadium's a bit smaller than Wembley. The 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 pitch is way better. I admit the outside entertainment stuff is not mm. as good as Wembley because it is built for the have the, to have the fan parks, I suppose. But the mm. but the fans themselves create the, the part. I didn't go around the back of the stadium this year, which I got told had more going on. Um, do, do you think now that there, there is that sort of transition where we are going to maybe just move into Tottenham permanently? I think, I think naturally, maybe. I mean, the NFL mm-hmm. or parts of the NFL paid for sort of roughly half of that stadium in the first place, um, so it's going to be used at least twice every single year. But really, I, I know I know Wembley's a bit further away, but I think I prefer Wembley oh, just really? because. Yeah, I like. I mean, the stadium is great in terms of Tottenham mm-hmm. now. The stadium is great. You can't deny that. You know, it's got retractable field. It's the only. It's the only kind of NFL purpose built. Mm-hmm kind of design stadium in the country right it's it's but, the only nfl purpose built nfl stadium in the world outside of yeah yeah um but for me um i'm a big fan of tailgate kind of stuff and pre-game mm. and, and getting the hype because 
an NFL game, if you watch it anywhere else, well, if you watch it in the States, it's 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 a whole kind of day. It's not just you go to the game and that's it. It's it's a, and I've not I'm yet to do it, but I've seen it many, many times. And you've obviously been to the um the crazy was it the Bills and the Miami Dolphins game yeah. recently. <laughs> um and it's meant to be it's like a not a celebration, but it, it is a pretty much a whole day of you know, whatever entertainment in the morning, crazy tailgates for your teams outside the stadium and that even I I went to um the Notre Dame and Army, I think, game years ago in Dublin at the Aviva Stadium, which is what they do every few years. And we walked about, I don't know, maybe half an hour towards the stadium, but it was a massive, massive tailgate from where we were all the way to the game. And it's just, it's so much fun. There's so much going on. And I think you get a little bit more of that at Wembley because of the design of the stadium and the design of the area. Um, I mean, you talk about getting home after the game. There's only one station outside Tottenham and it's White Hart Lane and it's one platform. It's incredibly, it, it's, it gets very hectic. It gets very busy very quickly um, and it takes a long time to get back. And I mean, I think a lot of people will probably say that's the one downside to the stadium being where it is. Mm-hmm. If you could take the Tottenham Stadium, pluck it at Wembley, <laughs> now we're talking. But I don't know, I'm, I'm, I love the stadium, but I prefer Wembley for its location and the tailgate kind of facilities. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that I'm probably incredibly biased because, Byron, how, how long did it take us to get home from like oh, Dortmund? It was about half an hour. Half an hour, 45 minutes. That included like, waiting 15 and, minutes for the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and usually, because there's usually more of us, me and Byron actually didn't, uh, didn't drink um, on Sunday either. Usually we all, you know, had a few drinks, a bit drunk, a bit more of you. It takes us a while. Whereas we like mm-hmm. flew home. <laughs> we flew yeah. home. About from so jealous, so man. That does, uh, that does also influence it as well. Um, but Byron, we look towards the Denver Jags game, um, a game that I suppose in the off-season, everyone was like, well, here comes Russell Wilson in Denver, they're going to smash the Jags in London. The flip side of it is, we know as a fan base for the Jags, they they like performing over here. They do very well when they're here and they always put on a show, no matter against which team they are. They haven't won all the games that have been here, but they've won a large majority and they've caused some upsets over here. It's shifting this year that a Jags win here won't be an upset. It is they are looking a lot more dominant. But I know they lost to the Texans at the weekend, which is a bit of a shock result in regards to the trajectory they seem to be on this year. And Denver, obviously, they're using the Colts in a game that was just absolutely ridiculed online for me. One of the most boring games. Sorry, George, being a Colts fan, but oh, that's, no, that's I think the only thing I heard about the game, really. Um, yeah. What can we expect from that game coming up on, um, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time on the 30th? Well, you know what? Like you say, the Jags have been sort of a breath of fresh air. They have been, they have looked all right. You know, they they haven't won every game, but they haven't been blown out as much as I'd expect them to, to have been. You know, with all the off-season acquisitions, you know, yes, they overpaid for Christian Kirk. They did. We all know that. However, you know, he's working out for them. Um, same as Zay Jones. Zay Jones is playing well. Trevor Lawrence is looking more like the QB that we saw coming out of college. Um, the defense is holding up. Obviously, they have Josh Allen at defensive end. He's he's been a stud since he's come into the league. Um, with, with them, I, I have been pleasantly surprised by them this year. I really have. Um, they they don't seem to be the walkover team that they have been for the past few years. Um, ever since they made the AFC Championship, since then they have been a team that you go there and you just think, right, well, that's a that's another that's another win for us. Mm-hmm. They haven't, and especially with how the Broncos are playing at the moment, I think it will be. I, I think it should be sort of a Jags blowout. I think um, the Broncos' defense haven't haven't been up to scratch, and we all know Russell Wilson this season has has not been good at all. 
Um, I don't know whether it's, you know, new system that he's coming into after however long in Seattle, but, you know, he's not looking like that quarterback that, that's worth $245 million. He, he really isn't. Johnny, well, that's kind of a good transition really into the Denver team because the excitement is lessened there for the Denver team to come over this year. Now that we've seen what Russell Wilson has been doing in the system, is it a case of new system, need to take time, was never going to hit straight away? Or are you seeing something with Russell Wilson where, you know, is, was, was it just in Seattle it worked or, or what, what's going on over at Denver in your opinion? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I think there's been, you know, a host of changes in Denver um, over the off-season. New coach, uh, plenty of new players as well. Um, and they've really tried, you know, put together, um, a, you know, they've had a, had a fantastic defence um, and, you know, off offensive uh, weapons um, for the last few years. These were considered, you know, the likes of Russell Wilson, the likes of Randy Gregory and having a really offensive-minded head coach come in. These were meant to be, you know, the... Um, uh, the final blocks of a potential Super Bowl run. And it just really hasn't worked. Russell Wilson has, uh, I don't know. I think it's too early to say that Russell Wilson is, you know, he is an elite quarterback. I mean, he, he, he at times was superb for the Seahawks during his, um, you know, over the years there. Obviously that tailed, I think, a little, you know, towards the end of his his career in Seattle. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, the system just doesn't really seem to work. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, Wilson himself, the play calling, I think, looks, you know, really, really poor at times. Um, and, you know, they're racking up injuries like um, like we've mentioned, Javante Williams, um, the run, star running back, he's, he's down, he's a weapon, um, you know, the, who now, you know, he's going to be out for quite a while. Um, I'm not sure it is season end. Oh, it is season uh, end. It is season yeah, ending, yeah. Yeah. Season, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a huge loss for um, uh, for the Broncos' offence. Um but yeah, like like Byron said, I have the Jags winning um, winning the game when they come over to London. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is uh, well one of his best games. I think uh, last year was was his London game. Um, I remember him performing quite well. And I think the Broncos are, are really sort of under pressure. Um, they're in desperate need of of um, some victories um, because they they really don't look like you know challenging at all. Uh, for the playoff spots, you know, let alone the top end of the uh, the AFC West. Um, but you know, I'm I'm confident Russell Wilson. I um, yeah, really like the you know the guy from who led the the Seahawks to their um, their Super Bowl win all those years ago. Um, you know, there have been issues, obviously, with relationship with Pete Carroll. A um, little bit of scrutiny on that. Um, perhaps you know, Carroll has has you know, and Seattle have won the trade at the time being um, for Wilson. But um, I think it is it is quite early to say. We are five games in, but um, I think, yeah, let's wait. Let's wait another five games or so. Hopefully they can turn it around because, um, yeah, like I said, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. But, um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll see. I recall it was the first Jags win of the season was in London last year. So, yes, yeah, Trevor Lawrence yeah. was incredibly good. I remember being there for that the and how elated, yeah, how elated they were. George, do we expect too much of some players? You slot someone like Russell Wilson into a Denver team, but at the start of the season, bear in mind, had Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, a pretty decent O-line, a defence that's young, and they've drafted players that we were thinking why they got them, but 
Mm. have really proved themselves to be good. Pat Sertain, the bringing in of Randy Gregory, a fully fit Bradley Chubb at the start of the year, a decent linebacking court, other good. Uh, Justin Simmons is now expected to be coming back. I know he was lost at the start of the season. I'm sure they just announced earlier, if I quickly just sp- uh, have a look on my Twitter, but Justin Simmons, uh, Greg Dulcich and Michael Ojemudia. So I don't know who Greg Dulcich is, but Simmons is safety and Ojemudia is a corner. Both are good players. They're back. It, it, are we expecting too much from a player just to move from one to another and it's just like they like they I mean, like it's they, they can play the exact same because we've seen it with Brady we've seen it with Matt Stafford mm-hmm. they seem to have just fit in really well and just gone straight ahead I think the difference here is Russell kind of played how Russell wanted to play at the Seahawks mm-hmm. um, and you got someone like Nathaniel Hackett who doesn't understand anything about game management or play calling um, who's had to go and hire someone from, I think, the, an ex-Ravens coordinator guy to help him um, to call plays, and, and I, I want to call it clock watch, just so you ain't got you haven't got the Denver fans to shout out the <laughs> countdown from five to uh, the play hmm. the play clock. But it's very strange. I don't think it's unjustified. Russell Wilson, we know what he's done in the past, so naturally, when you announce that you're signing Russell Wilson, there is going to be the, that hype, that level of hype. It's the same hype that people have expected when Devontae Adams has gone from Green Bay to, to the Raiders. Um, it's the same hype of Tariq Hill going from Kansas City to Miami Dolphins. These are, these are big-time players, you know. Um, these are like guys who, you know, when you think about the NFL, these are the guys, the names that you think about. So I think as expected, you know, people people want to see the big playability. And you mentioned some of those names. I know they lost wide receiver Tim Patrick, I think early on in the season. I don't even know mm-hmm. if he, if, I think he was pr- prior to the season. But you still had all those other great receivers, like you mentioned, um, KJ Hamler, Judy, uh, Sutton, the tight ends as well. And I was going to say one of the better one-two punches in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Gordon now has fumbling issues and Javante is out for the season and longer. So, I mean, not that they are excuses because they had all those guys at one point, but Patrick, he just hasn't been the same. It's just I don't I don't know if it's a mechanical thing or I think I think it's more the fact that he's not playing in a system that he's used to. Um, it doesn't help that Nathaniel Hackett is a little bit clueless, in my opinion. Um, yes, yeah, it is strange, and I think the main thing for me is it's been five weeks. The Raiders were zero were zero and three at one point, but you could see in some games, and particularly last night for those who've watched it, that the Raiders still have something there. You know, they could have won that game if not for whatever happened with Renfro and Adams. For those who have seen the end of that game, but with the Broncos, even against like you could say a vulnerable team like my my Colts, they just couldn't do anything. And you haven't seen anything in those five weeks that say, all right, maybe you know they're just having some growing pains. It just—it's been the same kind of stagnated play for the same for these five weeks, which is what I think is leading people to to be concerned. And they're in a ridiculous division. That division is horrifically stacked um, with names that you know we, I don't even need to mention because everybody knows who they are. I say Kansas City, and you know the crowd goes crazy. It's—I um, think like you guys, I think the Jags win in London. Um, I don't think Russell's just going to sit down and allow it to happen, but I don't know if there's so much, if there's, if there's that much they can really do because the Jags just do everything and the small things right. And it's a little bit long. Oops, sorry, George, we just lost you on the end bit there, but I'm sure it was, uh, I heard you saying the Broncos, Broncos were going to beat 
losing to the Jags in London. That's why I thought I heard at the end there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Smashing. That's okay then. So we're all on the same page about that. I mean, speaking of, of disappointing teams, I suppose uh, we. I, I know that John's got a team that he's sort of disappointed with, but I suppose it's quite a good thing to probably go around the table about. I suppose outside of our own team, and I'm talking to me and George on this one. Probably, <laughs> which, which team has maybe disappointed you most? at the start of this season. I'm going, I'm going to start with Johnny because I know he's got one lined up for us straight away and then it gives us a little bit of thinking time about who, we're, who we've been a bit disappointed about, I suppose. Yeah, I'll kick us off. Um, so the Cincinnati Bengals are the team that I'm, uh, yeah, just a little bit disappointed about. I think there's plenty of time left for them to, um, you know, turn everything around. But I think coming in to, obviously, you know, the success of their postseason run, at the end of last season was just so extraordinary. We expected, you know, the Bengals to be, you know, competing and, and, and winning games with ease almost, especially with the, the reinforcements they made um, to their weaknesses, specifically um, their offensive line. They spent heavily on on, um, on on new players, pretty much, you know, creating a new offensive line. But, um, but yeah, that's just not really improved. Um, I suppose that is the danger when you bring, you know, so many players into a, a new unit. It does take time for them to gel, um, and get used to playing alongside each other, um, but you know Joe uh, Joe Burrows, um, you know he keeps getting he keeps getting sacked. The, the pressure rate has not dropped from from last year, where he was you know the most sacked um, quarterback in the league. Um, it's given far too uh, far too many turnovers away compared to to last year, which is a real concern. And there just seems to be you know too much of an emphasis still on um, Jamar Chase. I know they've had some injuries um, um, at wide receiver, but um, but yeah, he, Jamar is he, he's looking a lot different to, to his rookie year, and I think that that is you know an element of of injuries and the situations the Bengals are in. Um, but yeah, I was I was really looking forward to seeing him really push on from that stellar year um, um, in in twenty twenty one. Yeah, obviously there's there's plenty of time to recover that. But um, but yeah, I'm just a little bit concerned. Obviously, you know, with with, with Zach Taylor, I think more generally, and the coach sort of setup. I think the play calling looks. Um, so much, so much off compared to, to last year, um, which you know is a real concern for, for a team that 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 got to the Super Bowl last year and was, you know, aiming to get get back. That's the ultimate aim, I think, for for this team is to get back to a, a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I still think they're they're a good team. They played very well against the Dolphins um, a couple of weeks ago. I know they picked up um, a big win against the Jets as well. My team. Um, and yeah, saw them and they look good there. But um, but yeah, it's been a real tough start for, for Cincy fans, and yeah, I'm a bit concerned um, for their ambitions for the rest of the season. Byron, is there a particular team that you've not been so in, impressed with at the start of this year? Um, yeah, it's a it's a bit of an odd one because they haven't done too badly. They've just wildly underwhelmed me, and that is the Chargers this year. I know they're mm. three and two. With the acquisitions they made in the off season, I thought I, I had them to take the AFC West easily, no problem. Um, you know, they brought in, you know, they brought in Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, um, Carl Van Noy. I know Herbert's had some issues with his ribs, um, but the, the, I, I lost, think they've, they've just lost Joey Bosa as well on the other side. Yeah, I know Keenan Allen's been out injured. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it is with them. It, it just seems like something's not clicking as well as it should be. I know losing your number one wide receiver is going to affect your quarterback and you know how well you pass the ball. But it's not like they have bad 
other options. You know, Austin Eckler's great at, uh, at the backfield. Uh, Gerald Everett is a solid tight end. Um, you know, Mike Williams as well. They, you know, it's a solid roster, and I I would have had them a better record and looking like a better team um, than than they do this season. Um, I I was expecting them to, to you know run away with the division. I know that might be a bit silly because you, you can't count out the Chiefs, but you know with, with the roster that, that that they have and the moves they made this off season, I, I thought they'd be doing a lot better than they are now. Do you think there's a way for them to recover from it? Um, yeah, I mean, it could, you know, it could be getting Keenan Allen back. Um, that could be, it could be as simple as that. And, you know, the, these defensive players that have been brought in, you know, giving themselves time to get used to playing with each other. Because um, you look out how it happened with the Browns and they brought all, the, all these names in a few years ago. It, it didn't work for them. It could be another situation like that. Or, you know, it could be as simple as getting Keenan Allen back, taking some of the workload off Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. Um, but, you know, time will tell. You know, he's still out at the moment. So, you know, he, it's ifs and buts, really. OK, George, no saying the Colts. I mean, you could say the Steelers if you want, I suppose. You could <laughs> my team. But what, what team have you been a bit disappointed with at the start of this year? How about this? I'll give two honourable mentions, one to the Colts, one to the Steelers, but I'll actually go with That's the Rams. Right. Um, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's, an, yeah, it's an obvious one, really, but it's just so shocking because... There was, in, there was talk about Matthew Stafford's elbow not being too healthy at, before the start of the season and he had just finished his rehab program. He had the first game of the season against the Bills, I believe, and he looked awful, um, as did their entire offense. And it's just continued. Clearly, they're missing the likes of OBJ. Clearly, they're missing the likes of Van Jefferson, um, who didn't necessarily do too much, but he was another, he was another um, issue for defense to think about. Now you have neither of those guys, but you have Adam Robinson, who... Fans were calling for, you know, to give him more touches, more targets. It's, it's not, nothing's really happened. He's, he's had targets. He's, some he's dropped. I think he dropped a touchdown pass a couple of weeks ago in the end zone. Um, and I really liked Adam Robinson um, before he went over to the Bears and was ruined by Matt Nagy. But <laughs> um, yeah, the Rams are a strange one because yes, they've got Cooper Cup and he seems to be the only guy that Stafford wants to look at aside from Higby, maybe their tight end. They don't have a running game. And Matthew Stafford is almost like one of the kings of play action, especially when you have someone like Cooper Cup on the, on the other side. Or they've got another guy, I think number 18, Skoronic, who I confuse with mm. Cooper Cup a lot of the time because they play the same same kind of stature, look like they've got the same kind of skill set. But it's, I mean, you can tell where the, where the issues lie. I think they lost, they've lost some guys in line as well. They brought in Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks. Hasn't made that much of a difference. Maybe he's just so much, you know, he's aged quite a bit now. Um, no longer in that legion, legion of boom kind of um, kind of mentality, but yeah, I mean, if you don't have a run, if the Rams don't have a run game, and Cam Akers, who miraculously healed from his Achilles injury in the same season and then came back to playing the Super Bowl, didn't end very well for him. Um, and Daryl Henderson, who has his moments, but you can clearly see that is one of their weak points, and the teams know that. So I mean, Cooper Cup is kind of the only one that they they really utilize. Um, if you look at the game against the Cowboys, the Cooper Rush just continues to win. Um, and the Cowboys, uh, the Rams are sitting at two and three, which is, you know, they talk about the Super Bowl hangover. This is kind of it. Like, you can just see they're not the same team. They don't look great. Um, and I'm wondering whether OBJ potentially coming back around Thanksgiving is the word, whether he does come back to the team or he goes elsewhere. If he does come back to the team, I mean, without a doubt, you're going to see a different Matthew Stafford because now you have a case of pick your poison in terms of Skoronek or Higby or um, Alan Robinson 
OBJ, obviously someone's going to have to miss out in, if he does return because you, know, you can't feed everybody. But it's just very strange. They just they can't seem to get things going. They look horrible to watch. Um, I have Stafford in fantasy and he's been atrocious. He <laughs> hasn't hit over 15 points, I don't think, once this season. Um, and my other quarterback was um, Mitch Jabrisky, who I then trade, uh, dropped for Teddy Bridgewater, who is now hurt. So it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not going great. But the Rams, yeah, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of uh, working out to do. I think it's safe to say I don't think they're going to be um, returning to the Super Bowl this season. And I have to say, I I was hype. I maybe admit I got on the hype train a bit too quickly. But after watching Hard Knocks and seeing what was mm. happening with them, and I said they would be maybe transform this year, the Lions have disappointed me. Not because I thought they'd be like 5-0. and It's just last year, there were so many games that they were like three points in or six points mm-hmm. in. And I thought this year that's that's going to flip the other way for them this year, and it's just it's just not. It, I I still think they could definitely get a, a, a winning season. I think they've definitely there's there's games that they could definitely win. I still believe that because I think there really is a culture change there, and I think that they've it was massive losing Aaron Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift last week for them. Um, but if you look at the games, I mean, Eagles, they, they lose by three points. Mm. They beat the Commanders 36-27, so they've got a, a big win there. Lose the Vikings by four, lose the uh, Seahawks by three, and then get blown out by the Patriots. They, and they were awful against Patriots as well. I have seen the highlights mm. of that game. Um, I, I just thought what makes you become a quote-unquote good team is, is winning them close games, is moving that needle onto the other side. I still think they can do that. I think having DeAndre Swift, Nam Ra, St. Brown in there is, is essential for them. I think the row lines held up pretty well. I mean, Jamal Williams is a good number two to get in there. He's just not as dynamic as DeAndre Swift. Now, outside of Amra St. Brown, Reynolds has looked decent. Hawkinson mm. hasn't done enough. DJ and, Chark. Yeah, DJ Chark's not really done enough. And I think they need they've needed certain defensive names to step up a little bit. Mm. Hutchinson has been has been good to begin the season, but it can't be all about your brand new shiny rookie. Everyone on the team's got to step up. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't taken that next step up yet. I still think they could really push on and, and get a good few wins, but I wanted to see a bit more this year. Um, but enough of the negativity. Who are we pleasantly surprised by? Who are we quite happy is doing? Well, again, Byron, you can't say the Bills because we all knew the Bills were going to be good. And Johnny, I, 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 speak, I mean, I suppose it's allowed to say the Jets, but I mean, one of us is probably going to say the Jets, but I, I'm going to take that honour away from you from taking it away from Byron. But what team have you been impressed with so far at the start of the year, Johnny? Uh, I mean, I would love to say my Jets because they have been... Oh, I think the narrative has just completely changed for uh, for Gangrene this year. Um, yeah, I think the rookies, by what they, they came out and said, I think what Brees Hall said, yeah, oh, damn, we're, we're good. I think that is... That is <laughs> legit. I think we've got, at the moment, the offensive rookie of the year and the def- defensive rookie of the year. Source Garden is already one of the best cornerbacks in, in the league, in my opinion. And I think he's formed, you know, one of the best duos in in the league with with DJ Reed. We absolutely shut down the Dolphins um, in our secondary on um, uh, on Sunday. Um, we're playing a lot better offensively, which is a, a huge sign. I know there's been a lot of discussion about our uh, offensive line um, with the likes of um, Mikhail Beckton's injury, um, and you know, brought in Dwayne Brown. He's obviously injured as well. I think he's coming back this week. Um, but on Sunday, we look great again. Um, Elijah Vera took a, 
playing as an emergency left tackle and right tackle over the mm. last couple of weeks um, has really stood out for me um, on that offensive line. I don't think he had a pressure at all um, on Sunday. And that's allowing, you know, Zach Wilson to really progress. So, you know, the, the really ticking boxes, both on offense, you know, we've added the likes of weapons, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, um, uh, Elijah Moore. You know, these players are, are really going to play a massive part for the Jets over the next decade. And in defense as well, it's great to see Carl Lawson, uh, Quinn and Williams, um, you know, that, that stiff arm to, to Tyreek Hill um, on, on <laughs> Sunday was, yeah, an absolute highlight for me. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to say the Jets, obviously my team. Um, I think other teams, uh, you know, the Cowboys um, were one of them. I think, you know, I think when, obviously when Dak got, got injured, um, you know, I was a little bit concerned for them on the back of having a pretty poor off season. Um, it was reported, you know, um, the likes that lost a lot of players didn't really bring too many in, um, and you know, for people to come in and, and, and win four on the bounce, I think is is really positive. Um, so yeah, they're they're my teams, um, um, who yeah really stood out as being a bit of a bit of a nice surprise, I think, over the, the last few weeks. No surprise to this guy. I had the Lions and Jets going all the way, baby. I was bought in hype train. I was there all the way. I said all you needed was a dash of sauce and you got the full bottle. I was really I'm really happy with the Jets in the minute. I agree. I, I'm I'm happy that they're, they're doing well. I really thought that this could be the next step. And I'm really glad to see Zach Wilson come in and is looking good. I think it's very hard. Well, ask any court, ask Lamar Jackson. It's very hard coming behind Joe Flacco for people to be convinced that you're going to be good after maybe he was performing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for Zach Wilson that he seems to be performing. And I'm sure there's a, a lot of old ladies in the uh, New York area that are happy as well. <laughs> um, but, Byron, Byron uh, what team is, has impressed you so far? Yeah. Um, I was going to say the Jets, but that's pretty much been covered. Um, I, I, I absolutely love it being a Bills fan because, you know, we don't have to worry about the Jets. But now we also don't have to worry about the Dolphins or Patriots either. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> We're having a wonderful time at the top. Um, no, I have been incredibly impressed by the Eagles. Obviously, they're 5-0. and um, I liked Hurts last year, but, you know, they have really come into their own um, th this season. It, it has been... It has been; they've been very impressive. I, I at the moment, if they carry on playing the way they're playing, I know they're five and zero. Oh, I do expect them to lose at some point, but I, I do not think it's a stretch to see them as the NFC champions. The way that if they keep up the way that they're playing at the moment, I know they've had a relatively easy start to the season, um, opponents-wise, but it just doesn't look like anyone can slow down the offense. It really doesn't. Um, Jalen Hurts, he's. He's doing things that you'd expect a, a six, seven-year QB to do in this league. Um, and obviously bringing in AJ Brown, that, that's helped him a lot. Um, he was always a fantastic outlet at the Titans. Um, reliable, quick, he's strong. Um, he was a great acquisition. And obviously Miles Sanders has, has played very well this season as well. Um yeah, it's it's that Eagles offense that's that's doing it for him, and that, that's um, that's why I'm quite happy with. How they've done, and it's been nice. It's been nice to see the Eagles playing well. Unfairly, as a, as the as the host, I get to sort of make the rules, and that was my pick as well. The Eagles, so I'm going to double dip with you on this one. Um, I've always said for a long time, and people have always gone, "Oh, really? Would you think that?" But I honestly did. 
I thought the Steelers should have drafted Jalen Hurts, not Chase Claypool in the second round. That's what I've said for a very long time. I've said that a lot of times on this pod. And I don't believe that Jalen Hurts would be the same sort of quarterback in Steelers. You know, it, it, it depends what, what would have happened if he'd gone the Steelers. It could have been completely different. But what I have sort of always kept with them, him at the Eagles, is it's a little bit like Lamar. There's lots you can do with your feet, but that will run out one day. You've mm. got to develop other parts of your game. You've got to get better at other parts of your game. And I wasn't totally convinced Jalen Hurts could do that. I almost saw him as a bit of a bootleg Lamar, not as good as Lamar in the terms of the running. And I was never blown away with any of the talent that they've had on, on either side of the ball in, in the last like couple of years. But I, 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 slay, I said the, the cornerbacks of the week haven't been doing that well with Slay and Bradbury, but... And someone did politely comment on YouTube saying, you, you know, you're ridiculous, but you think Slay and Bradbury aren't very good. No, I never said not very good. I just think they've, it's been very silently about their work. I don't think people have noticed. I, mm. I, I certainly have not noticed how elite level they've played because Darius Slay to me has been a player that was good at Troy. He came over, it was going to be the shining guy, but was never really that good. Bradbury was also always decent at the Giants. If he was that decent, why didn't the Giants keep him along? What was going on with that? They've got together there and they're just silently going about their work. They're looking really strong in every single area of the ball. And I, dare I say it, it's very early, but that's what makes the calibre of Super Bowl team is when every phase in your team is playing, a, it keeps progressing to a higher and a higher and a higher level. Obviously, Eagles' massive problems throughout the last three, four years has been mm. injury. If they can keep everyone fit, this team could easily hit the NFC Championship. I, I, and maybe even the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. I, I think it's a long way. We could have said the same thing about Arizona last year at this point, because Arizona also 5-0. Oh, yeah. They went 8-0 in the end. The Eagles could do the exact same thing, go maybe 8-0 and, and, and then drops off. I don't know. But at the minute, they are playing at an exceedingly good level. And, and Byron is very correct about AJ Brown as well. What, what a trade that was. What a bold trade that was as well for them. And, and that's done the world of good. They seem to have cleared out the stock they had, which I was always like, well, why are you keeping him around? They've cleared it. Jalen Rager's gone, players like that. They've, they've always refreshed their O-line, even though them guys get injured. They've always had that like next guy up mentality. Jordan Mailita, who is part of the international program, um, mm. which, uh, you know, a lot of our guys, that's their way into the NFL. People like F.A. Barda, that's how he got there. I mean, these guys have sort of taken, have been the next step up guys, but then when they've got to that level, they've remained at that level and they've been at a very good level. They need to keep it going. Um, it wouldn't shock me if an injury does come to them because it does seem to happen to the Eagles, unfortunately. But if they can keep this momentum, I, I think he, I think they could win the division. I could see the Cowboys maybe coming back. I, I, I'm never confident about the Cowboys' run game at the minute due to Zeke Pollard. Mm -hmm. I think Pollard's great. I'm not so confident about Zeke. The Eagles seem to be able to win it. And if Jalen just keeps progressing as a thrower and keeping people like Goddard, Smith, Brown, all healthy. This team could really push it. And that's going to really please Gareth, who came to the game with his on Sunday. Because I've Adam has was a long-standing Eagle hater and then turned into this massive, massive Eagle lover last year. And then I've always just been like partisan. Whereas I, I think there is something going on with Philadelphia here where they could they've really got it going on. But they need they you've got to keep going, you've got to keep mm. progressing. It's a long season. We could be saying something completely different at the end of the year, I suppose. Um, George, to end on you with with your team, if it's most improved, what would you go for? Um, I'm going to go. Yeah, 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 I'm going to go with the Giants actually. Um, okay. 
So this is one for Dre, massive Giants fan, Cameron, um, Sky Sports journalist. I think no one kind of expected, well, I kind of expected a bit of a, a, a surge from the Giants because I follow Saquon Barkley quite a lot and I see him on all these different podcasts um, and his his um, mentality was, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at how fans have turned against me because I've been injured and everyone thinks I can't play football anymore. And he was mm. genuine, genuinely upset by it. And it was it was so crazy to see because he is a, a top tier caliber running back. And I think he might still be number one rushing. It might be Bradley. It might be Chubb now, Nick Chubb. I'm not too sure, but it might be Saquon. Um, and what they're doing, they're doing without like key pieces of their squad. Kenny Golladay doesn't exist. Um, Sterling Shepard has gone down non-contact ACL injury he's out for the season so you're down to guys like Wondell Robinson Titan Evan Neal um, oh that's a right tackle Evan Neal they don't have guys that you can you know Debo they don't have a Debo they don't have a, a Devontae Smith they don't have those kind of names um, Kadarius Tony, someone that I love but just can't stay healthy Daniel Bellinger is one of the tight ends who I think he's gone under the radar quite well but then you look at the quarterback room and you've got Daniel Jones who is it going to be the guy moving forward? They didn't pick up his fifth-year option for, I guess, obvious reasons. Um, and he kind of showed out in the game against the Packers. You know, he's got some wheels in him. He can run. He can make things happen. But they're doing all this, and they're sitting at 4-1. and one. And I can't mm. tell you the last time the Giants were 4-1. and one. Um, But if you flip the script and look at their defense, they've got good defense. They've got a young, mm. hungry, sort of hybrid defense. You've got guys like Dexter Lawrence, who's just mauling guys. Um, Leonard Williams as well. Kayvon Thibodeau, who we missed, I think, in the first maybe three games or something because he was out injured. Yeah. He's a wrecking force. He had a good game on, on Sunday too against the Packers. But again, kind of like how you mentioned the Eagles secondary going under the radar, so are the Giants. I mean, yeah. you, say, you say the name New York Giants and you say the name New York Jackson, you basically laugh, right? Because they've been trashed over how many years? But even without all the names that I mentioned due to injury and whatnot, they're still managing to get these wins, and they're sitting four and one is crazy. I never thought I'd sit here and say the Giants are four and one. It just doesn't sound right. So, mm. um, Brian Dable has, has done a great job. Um, like I said, I went to his press conference and heard everything he had to say, and you know he talks a good game. He, he seems like a he seems like a coach the players can rally for, get behind. Mm. Um, unlike uh, okay, I said this before, but Josh McDaniels of the um, the Raiders, I don't feel like he's a players' coach. He's very much like a this is this, this is what I want, and there's no compromise sort of thing. I feel like Brian Dable, you know, he can he can he can get the players around him, he can get that huddle going. He's that kind of guy you can rely on and you know, you, you go out there and fight for him. So full credit to the Giants. Um, you know, if they get if they get some names back, or if Kenny Goddard decides to show up, or Quidarius Tony, you know, becomes healthy all of a sudden, uh, and he can join guys like, like Slayton, um, and Bellinger and start to get things done and Wondell Robinson, then who knows how far they could go. But I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm happy for the guys. Really happy for them. It's actually funny because me and Byron at the game, we just went off on like a random tangent of chatting and we were like, who do you think on the field's like a really actually nice guy? Like yeah. someone who you could actually like be like, you go, he, he was so lovely. And Saquon was like the first one we said, we were like, he yeah. just comes across so nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really, well, honestly, I really, on the on the um, it's called the Pivot Podcast with um, uh, Ryan Clark from ESPN, and I forget the other guys now. Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, legendary running back for the for the Jags, and uh, Channing Crowder, who played for the Steelers in Miami, I think. But honestly, if you get a chance, you should watch the episode because Saquon is a great guy. Honestly, like the emotion that he spoke about, how disappointed he was in people 
sort of not disrespect him, but just, you know, chucking him out the window because he's been injured and can't, he couldn't play. He had a couple of freak injuries over his careers and you can't help that. And he, his message was, you just watch me this season. I'm, I'm, I'm fully fit. I'm coming back for all the smoke. And that's what he's doing. You mentioned people who are nice. Who, who are nice. Dexter Lawrence, he came in for the post-game conference too. The guy's like a, just a, a, a sleeping giant. He just, you know, we see so much aggression and things on the field. We forget these guys are human. You know, they've got families, they've got kids. They've got lifestyles, hobbies. Um, so when you hear them speak and you get that kind of one-to-one, you just think to yourself, geez, like these guys are just like, you know, my uncle down the road or just a friend. They're, they're really, really cool guys. And I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, a nice element to see. Um, you know, we speak about NFL players in so many different ways and we never really talk about the human element. Mm-hmm. Trashed Matt Ryan, but I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Barkley is only 60 yards behind Nick Chubb at the minute at the top, but Nick Chubb has one more attempt. So, you know, if Saquon right. Barkley rips off first attempt for 60 yards, he's going to be up there for, mm. for an hour, maybe. And um, and also, someone said yeah. the game as well was well, after that big run that I said sort of woke up the Giants a little bit and went, like, Oh, this could be an interesting game. Was imagine if we'd had four years of this, like it would just be totally, we'd it'd be a totally different conversation, and it's sort of the same Christian McCaffrey as well. It'd be a totally different conversation if we just had four full years. I think it's yeah. they've definitely been three, four years, haven't they? I think so. If we had four full seasons of them, it would be a whole different conversation with a lot of these players. These guys are, are so elite players, like Saquon Barkley and uh, Christian McCaffrey. And I do hope going forward, both guys stay relatively, hopefully, injury free because. They're, they're such a pleasure to watch. Like Barkley was a star in that Giants mm. team. That was very evident on, on Sunday. It was a real pleasure seeing someone like him play. And um, I don't believe last time I saw Giants play, he played for them, which was a very long time ago. So, um, but anyway, thank you very much, all three of you, for coming on. That, I really appreciate you guys being here. And uh, thank you for all the people that said hello to us at London Games. It was really nice catching up with yourself, George, at the London Game. And... Uh, Johnny, we shall hopefully see you again one day soon enough. Um, Until then, thank you very much, Brian. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, George. Uh, We'll be back for the fantasy podcast later in the week. Not done any Sunday preview games, uh, preview episodes this year because we've just simply been so busy. (laughs) It's either games (laughs) at London or weddings or holidays or, or all sorts of stuff. So we've got lots of cool stuff coming up um and we'll see you next week and uh yeah have a good rest of your week and enjoy <laughs>